This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Rylan Stiles. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast as a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, I'll tell you today, but you really should go back and listen to yesterday's show. It was a great one, as they all are. This podcast will be the final one for this week. However, starting next week, the week of Thanksgiving... We will be moving to three shows a week. So next week, of course, we have your Raiders preview and normal NFL recap, as well as uh, two other special podcasts with Jacob Harris and Arrowhead Tom, both of Arrowhead Attic, one being about the Chiefs season as a whole, one being about the upcoming NFL draft. So that's what we got to take care of you for your holiday week next week. And then from there, we'll continue the three shows a week, and it'll be pretty fun. So I hope you stick around. Subscribe, review the podcast. If you leave a question in the review, I will answer it. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and leave questions there and NFL opinions there for ruling on the field, which will happen next week on, I believe, about Tuesday. We'll play ruling on the field. That game, of course, is just you sending your NFL opinions, your Chiefs opinions, and I'll tell you if I agree or disagree with you. But without further ado, today's episode on a Chiefs bye week, will just be about the NFL as a whole. We'll go through the NFL awards, we'll pick the Week 11 games, we'll give you the locks of the week, and we'll debut a brand new segment. Let's start with the NFL awards. Now, this is not exactly the halfway point of the year, obviously. I can do a little bit of math. Not much, but I can do a little bit of math. But the NFL season's really broken down between pre- and post-bye, and this so happens to be a late bye week for the... uh, for the uh, Chiefs season. So let's start giving out awards. I don't really like to do this, but it's a kind of a wacky, you know, radio segment to kind of get you through maybe a slow news period. My MVP is stuck between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Now, if you listen to last week's show before the Chargers game, I wasn't too high on Lamar Jackson being this transcendent player. Is he a good player? Yes. Is he arguably an elite player? Yes. But I don't think he's something that we've never seen before. I think that that line gets thrown out there too many times. Much like the Miles Garrett situation. When he swings his helmet at Mason Rudolph and we all scream, we've never seen this before. It happened a few weeks ago in the preseason. Well, now a few months ago, being that it's November. 
But it, it happened this year, this calendar year it happened, that someone swung their helmet at another human, at another player. It happened with Richie Incognito whenever he was with Miami a few years ago. So I, I, I think that the... I think the only thing that I have trouble with with Lamar Jackson is, is this notion that we've never seen anything like him before. I think there's plenty of examples to point to where you can say this or that was Lamar Jackson. But for the MVP discussion, I think it's between him and Russell Wilson. I think if you go by the true definition of the word most valuable player, I guess the phrase most valuable player, it has to be Christian McCaffrey. Because he has been the most valuable player for his team. And such, the most valuable player in the NFL. Because if you take him off that team, the Panthers are terrible. If you take Lamar Jackson off that team, they're going to take a step back. But they have the defense. They have the, they have the Mark Andrews and the Marquise Brown and, and the weapons to, if they can get solid quarterback play, still be a good team. But... I know that this is mostly a quarterback award. I know where the biases lie. And I think it's truly down to Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. I think he wins MVP. I think it's pretty cool that, you know, the last two years, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson have won the the MVP. And presumably, barring injury, they'll be in the league for a very, very long time. So that's fun to see. Offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Again, I think if you take him off that team... He's god awful. I think that he's the best running back in football, and for some reason that you know, for some reason people are—I hate to say the word—scared, but they're you know they just don't want to admit that he's the best running back in football. They keep trying to find ways in which you can pick apart his game. You can call him good, but no one ever seems to go with that elite label yet. I think that they will by the end of the year if they haven't already. I'm saying Christian McCaffrey's elite. I'm saying he's the best running back in football. And I think that he's the most he's the most valuable player in the true sense of the word. But we all know that in every sport, basketball, baseball, football, they don't actually vote on the MVP in the true sense of most valuable. So that's why I'm giving Christian McCaffrey the Offensive Player of the Year. That's what happens a lot of times in the NFL. They'll give the MVP to somebody, and then one of the closest runner-ups to MVP, if they're an offensive player, which they usually always are, will get the Offensive Player of the Year. On defense... I think I might have a little bit of a surprise pick. I'm going with Chandler Jones for the Cardinals. Now, I know the Cardinals don't get a lot of attention, you know, besides Kyler Murray highlights. But what he's doing is truly impressive given his age, you know, given all those factors of playing for a bad team at his age, and just the way he's been able to not even, I guess, rejuvenate because he's always been a good player, but but the way he's been able to sustain success into his age 29 season It's been awesome to watch, and I think that he can make a huge impact for somebody. I think that he might have even elevated his trade status with this season that he's put together, you know, for the Cardinals. He's had a four-sack game against the Giants, a two-sack game, uh, you know, this season, multiple two-sack games, one against the Bucks, one against the Cardinals, one against the, uh, excuse me, one against the uh, Panthers. He's just awesome. I mean, he's truly is awesome to watch and to just see and marvel at. For his career, he has almost 90 sacks, 89.5 sacks. This year, he has 12.5 sacks, which leads the league. I'm giving it fully to Chandler Jones on this one. I don't think that you should really take into account um, team success in these individual awards. 
And Offensive Player of the Year, excuse me, Offensive Rookie of the Year, sorry about that. I'm going with Josh Jacobs. I know Kyler Murray's the quarterback. I know Kyler Murray can make a few highlights here and there. And I have a little bit of bias towards Kyler Murray, but yet still, I think that the correct answer here is Josh Jacobs. What he's been able to to do, how he's been able to really overhaul that Raiders offense and really take the pressure off Derek Carr. And and I think allow Derek Carr to be a much better quarterback this year than he has been really in his entire career, even, even those great seasons he had early on. I think Josh Jacobs is really allowing him um, to, to better himself and, and as such better the Raiders offense and, and put them in the position that he's in, that, that they are in as a team right now. So I think that this is a clear rookie of the year, Josh Jacobs. I'm, I mean, I, I know that people might want to throw in Kyler Murray, given the fact that he's a quarterback, but I don't know. Who do you guys have for rookie of the year? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles, because I think it's clear as Josh Jacobs, the offensive rookie of the year. Defensive, I think there's a couple of answers here. Um, Devin Bush being one. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa has just been on fire this year. And, you know, this one, I don't really have a... I mean, I have a strong opinion. I think it's going to be Nick Bosa. You know, I I firmly believe it's going to be Nick Bosa. But I don't really have a um, definite answer, so to say. Whereas with Josh Jacobs, I think if you give me any other answer, you are either a fan of that player specifically a fan of the team he plays for specifically, or just wrong. Because I think Josh Jacobs is for sure the offensive rookie of the year. With Nick Bosa, I think he is, but I can listen to other answers on this one. I can listen to reasoning behind why you might think someone else uh, deserves defensive rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year, Teddy Bridgewater, I think. Now I know it's a little bit weird to pick a backup quarterback, but the way he was able to carry that Saints team through that through that period without Drew Brees, the way he was able to look like a very good quarterback, I mean, he honestly did not... I mean, Matt Moore did good with Kansas City. Matt Moore came back and, and, and kept the ship afloat. He kept the ship riding out and really did his job to kind of just keep keep things average until Mahomes got back. Keep things on board where you don't sink... But you also don't rise. Teddy Bridgewater made the Saints rise. Teddy Bridgewater looked like a starting caliber quarterback. I think that that there will be moves made this this offseason to get Teddy Bridgewater as your QB1. I think he looked better than Nick Foles did whenever he was with the Eagles and he had to take over for Carson Wentz. I think he looked like the old Teddy Bridgewater, which was something that I never thought would happen given his injury, that, that, that horrific injury he sustained with Minnesota, I never thought that we'd see Teddy Bridgewater look like this kind of quarterback again. I thought he'd always be a decent backup, a nice story, but he looks like a QB1 in this league. So that's why I'm going to give him the Comeback Player of the Year. Again, Comeback Player of the Year is a bit arbitrary. It's a bit subjective. So I can listen to a ton of different reasoning behind why you might not have Teddy Bridgewater and might have someone else. But for me, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. The Coach of the Year... I have two guys who I'm battling between, and they're both in the same division. I'm going to go with John Harbaugh as my answer, but Mike Tomlin's not far behind. Let's start with John Harbaugh. Yes, the Ravens are talented, and most of the time, Coach of the Year doesn't always go to the most talented team because, well, they're supposed to be good. But what John Harbaugh's done and in changing his system, welcoming in outside forces, welcoming in outside ideas, welcoming in outside coaches to help him mold an offense specific to his quarterback, specific to his personnel, 
is not something most coaches do. Most coaches are stubborn. Most coaches draft players and then force them to to work in their system and force them to adapt their game. John Har- John Harbaugh, on the other hand, looked at who they drafted with Lamar Jackson and, and said, okay, how can I change my strategy? How can I change my playbook? How can I change my ideology to fit Lamar Jackson? And that's why they're having so much success. You look at what happened with RG3. Now, yes, RG3 got hurt, but Jay Gruden comes in and, and he doesn't think about how can I make RG3 look the best he can look. He thought, okay, RG3, you're now a pocket passer. Figure it out. And that, I think, is the difference between the two careers. John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh is welcoming in Lamar Jackson and welcoming in this new idea of a mobile quarterback, a strictly mobile quarterback who can throw a little bit. I think that that's why he's the coach of the year, because he's been able to adapt to his situation, and he has the Ravens looking like a team that no one can beat. Now, if you listen to last week, yesterday's show, yesterday I said, hey, I think the Chiefs are the only ones that can beat the Ravens. You can go back and listen to that full conversation yesterday on yesterday's podcast uh, titled that the Chiefs are still Super Bowl contenders. That's the one I put that conversation in. Now, Mike Tomlin, why is he my second second in the running of coach of the year? I think it's because this is his best coaching job yet, and I know he's won a Super Bowl. I know he has. I know he's had playoff runs. I know he's beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. But Mike Tomlin has never struck me as a guy who's a good coach. He struck me as a guy who inherited good players, who is a CEO type of guy, doesn't really do anything, just kind of kind of lets his players play, which is a, which is a fine strategy, but that doesn't make you an elite coach or anything like that. It doesn't make you coach of the year, being a CEO. But this year, what he's been able to do, to, to take that team that's faced so much adversity and put them in the mix for a playoff spot, I don't think that they're going to get one, but they're in the mix. What he's been able to do to, 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 to overcome losing Ben Roethlisberger, who you can argue if that was a good or a bad thing because I don't think he's that good anymore, but the Antonio Brown situation, the Le'Veon Bell situation, what he's been able to do to, 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 to drag that team into the playoff mix with his mentality, and and you can you can finally start to see his mentality on the field. So let's go over the awards one more time: MVP Lamar Jackson, Offensive Player of the Year Christian McCaffrey, Defensive Player of the Year Chandler Jones, Offensive Rookie of the Year Josh Jacobs, Defensive Rookie of the Year Nick Bosa, Comeback Player of the Year Touchdown Teddy Bridgewater, Coach of the Year John Harbaugh. So now let's get into the NFL picks. These lines for Week 11 are brought to you by our friends at the Action Network. Let's start with Thursday Night Football. Tonight, you've got the Colts at the Texans. Texans minus 3.5. I'll take the Texans, and I'll lay the 3.5 points. I think that the Texans are just a much better football team. I think that the Colts are are still a good football team. Don't get me wrong. What they've been able to overcome, losing Andrew Luck right before the season started, having Jacoby Brissett step in and look like a very good quarterback. I think that they're still a good team. They're just not that that Titan, that, excuse me, that, that Texans level of team. I think the Texans are better. They're at home. It's a short week. Give me the Texans minus three and a half. Broncos at Bills. In this one, I'm I'm kind of leaning to stay away because the line is Bills minus four and a half, and I, I'm just not sure that the Bills can can really win by more than a field goal. I don't feel comfortable betting on them w- winning by more than a field goal. That offense is, is inept, and the defense is very good. The Broncos have hung around a few games that I don't think that they should have, 
Uh, although I did take the Broncos plus 10.5 last week. You're welcome if you listen to me on that. I got you a lot of money. Bills minus four. I'll go ahead and, and pick this if I have to. If I had to pick a side, I'm picking the Bills, and I'm going to lay the four points. Steelers at Bengals. Again, Steelers are much better than the Bengals are. The Bengals are the worst team in football. I'll take the Steelers minus six and a half, but I, do I trust that offense to to truly win by six and a half points, even against the, the lowly Bengals, to win by seven points, even against the lonely Bengals? Not really, but I'll do it. I'll go ahead and lay the, the, the six and a half for the Steelers if I had to pick a side. Raiders at Jets. Give me the Raiders traveling coast to coast to take on the Jets minus three. I think that they, I think that John Gruden will not let those guys overlook this game simply because in order for next week to be a, to be a big game, the Raiders had to have won won these two weeks right here. They they did their job last week barely against the Bengals. They've got to do their job against the, against the Jets. And then you have a very interesting showdown next week in Arrowhead. So I'm going to take the Raiders minus three here. Panthers at Saints. Give me the Panthers plus nine and a half. I think that the Saints went out right, obviously. But I think that the Panthers are a scrappy team that can keep games close. And, and, and I don't think that the Saints are really going to put their foot on the gas and really just bury the Panthers in this one. It's, it's hard to win by two possessions in the NFL. So I think that the Panthers are going to be plus nine and a half. Dolphins at Browns. Browns are a ten and a half point favorite. I think that the Browns win. I think that the, that the Dolphins have a chance to cover in this one. But then you're starting to put money on the Dolphins and who would want to do that? This is a tough one. I, I'd stay completely away from this game if you're picking it against the spread. Give me... Go ahead and give me the, the Browns minus ten and a half. They're going to get David Njoku back. Baker Mayfield's playing very well after the bye week. They don't have Miles Garrett, obviously, but I still like the Browns minus 10.5. Uh, Seahawks at Eagles. I'll take the Seahawks plus one here. I'm not sure why the Seahawks are um, getting points. I think it's maybe because of the, you know, you get three points for being at home, and then the, and then on top of that, the Seahawks are traveling from Seattle to Philly. That's a long travel, and that sometimes make, makes teams, you know, lackluster after traveling that far. I just don't see a way that the Eagles can beat the Seahawks. And But here again, the Eagles have to play desperate football from here on out. They need this football game. They, they absolutely need to beat the Seahawks. So that's a little interesting story right there. I'd stay away from this game, but I'll take the Seahawks plus one and a half. Bucks at Falcons. Falcons minus four. I'm taking the Falcons. I'll lay the four points. I think that the Falcons are, are a good team that just got off to a terrible start, and now it's too late for them to, to, to climb out of it. You know, I think that they're a decent team. I don't think that the Bucks are any good whatsoever. I think the Bucks are terrible. The Bucks are just awful. Give me Falcons minus four. Giants at Bears. I'll take the Bears minus six here. Again, much like the Bills, I don't trust this offense to be able to win a football game by more than six points. I really don't. But go ahead and give me the Bears minus six. Lions at Redskins. The Lions on the road are a three and a half point favorite. You know, I'll go ahead and take the take the uh, Lions here the Redskins are a god awful organization, they're a god awful football team I think that the Lions even with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback are going to roll in this one and they're going to be able to win by more than three and a half Jaguars at Texans oh my gosh, Jaguars at Titans, I did that twice in this one segment, Jaguars plus three, I'm going to take the Jaguars plus three here I don't believe in the Titans. I don't think they beat the Chiefs. I don't really care about that. I think the Jaguars with Nick Foles back are going to be able to beat Tennessee. And now we get to, I think, what will be the best game of the weekend. The Cowboys traveling to New England. 
Cowboys are six and a half point dogs. I don't think that the Patriots are very good. Again, if you listen to last night's show, I put the I, I said that they're done. I said that they're absolutely done this season. That they're not a very good team. I want to see if the Cowboys can prove me right. I want to see if the Cowboys can go into New England and beat the Patriots. The Eagles almost did it. Can the Cowboys do it? The Cowboys are much better than the Eagles. Can they put their foot down and beat the Patriots? Now with the Cowboys, you always got to worry about Jason Garrett and 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 just the ineptness that the Cowboys can look like such a good team one week and then the next week fall to the face of the earth. So I, I, I want to see what Cowboys we're going to get, but I'm confident this week for some reason, again, you can bookmark this at the 1930 mark and say, hey, I'm going to send this to Old Tech Exposed, but I'm going to go with Cowboys plus 6.5. Sunday Night Football, Packers at uh, 49ers, Packers three and a half, uh, excuse me, Packers plus 3, I'll, I'll take that bet. I'll take the Packers as three-point underdogs to win outright in San Francisco. I don't believe in the 49ers. I don't think they're that good of a team. I don't think that their record is indicative of, of, of their team. I'm going to go with the Packers plus three. Ravens at Rams. I'll take the Ravens minus three here. Rams are a terrible team this year. I don't trust that offense whatsoever, despite looking good against the, the Bears a little bit last week. That game against the Bears, though, was just unbearable. I'll take the Ravens minus three. I think Lamar Jackson still puts it on that Rams defense, and they continue to roll. So the locks of the week this week, not a good week for betting. Not a lot of games that I feel terribly confident in. You'll see what I mean in a second. I'll take the Packers plus three. I think that the Packers are going to win that game. Absolutely. I'll take the Ravens minus three. I think the Ravens are going to win that game by way more than three points. And here we go. I couldn't find a third game I feel extremely confident in. So at this point, I'll lock in Seahawks plus one and a half. I told you to stay away from that game uh, a couple minutes ago, but I believe that the Seahawks will win this football game in a pick them and they're and they're going to get a point and a half. I'll go ahead and lock in the Seahawks uh, and hope for the best on that one. But there's only two locks here I feel confident about. I would go ahead and run to the Action Network and run to place your bet with Packers plus three and Ravens minus three. And so this is a bit of a shorter episode with no Chiefs content. Really, the bye week has gotten has gone quiet. No real updates on anything. Of course, no game to preview. So let's debut a brand new segment. And this segment is going to be called Banned from the Kingdom. If you go on Twitter and you search hashtag Chiefs Kingdom, you will find a bunch and a bunch and a bunch of tweets. Some from rational fans like myself, from smart football fans like myself, and some who need to be banished from the kingdom, and you are banished from the kingdom until the next show. This week's Banned from the Kingdom is at FlyBaby014563. Interesting at name there. And they said, quote, He needs to make an extra point attempt first. Whenever he, she or he, quote, tweeted a Adam Scheffner tweet that said that, that Harrison Bucker was kicking 70-yard field goals in Mexico City, they replied, He needs to make an extra point attempt first. Come on. we got to be better than this, Chiefs Kingdom. We've got to be better than this. That concludes the second episode of the Aerodoc Podcast this week. Again, we picked winners. We picked the NFL awards. It was a fun and a quick show today. You can go back and listen to the show from yesterday where we got more in-depth about the Chiefs uh, and everything going on there with the Chargers game and whatnot. Next week again, Monday, 
You're going to get the Ravers, the Raiders, the Raiders preview with the NFL recap of that weekend, uh, and kind of just your more standard type show. Tuesday, you're going to get a podcast with Arrowhead Tom about the upcoming NFL draft. Wednesday, you're going to get a conversation with Arrowhead uh, Jacob Harris and just kind of preview the rest of the of the Chiefs season as a whole, not just the Raiders game, but the entire season and where we see this team shaking out and how we see this team finishing the season. On Thursday, you can listen to all those episodes instead of talking to your family at Thanksgiving. I advise you to do that. I think that we produce great content and we'll continue to get even better next week. I think next week will be our best week yet, so stick around for that. Again, please subscribe, leave a review, do all those fun stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. It'll be in the description of your podcast. So that's a wrap on this week at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Again, follow Arrowhead Attic on Twitter. Go to the website. Read all of the good Chiefs content there. And tune in next week for what, again, I think is going to be our best week with three episodes on your holiday week and three episodes from here on out per week. It's going to be fun. I hope you'll stick around. Again, like and like and subscribe and review on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Get at me on Twitter. Tell me what you liked about the show, what you didn't like about the show, what you agreed with, with and what you didn't agree with. So that'll do it. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you guys on Monday. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.